Right, your left, your left, your right. Yeah, Danny C, aka Danny Cheese, and we have a very special episode for you today. We have the one, the only. I mean, what hasn't this guy done in the sports uh, media industry? He was a host of a, a morning show on ninety-seven-five. He was a host on the other station, WI. He is now the host of the very popular streaming YouTube show, The Farsi Show, from 6 a.m. every day to 7 a.m. Monday through Friday. And it's fantastic. He has his own clan. He has his own Farsi nation. He's probably looking in the background. I can see him in the backstage like, who's this guy introducing? Because it's not me, but it is him, the one, the only, Mark Farzetta. Mark! Hello! <laughs> What's happening, buddy? Thank you for that uh, really nice introduction of like all the stuff. I really like when people introduce you and they do a lot of bragging for you. It's like you're my mom and you're like trying to sell to the lady at the grocery store. No, my son does stuff. He's he's okay. You know, uh, so no, I appreciate that. It's been a it's been a fun ride to say the least. Thanks for having me on. It's nice to talk to you face to face, sort of. We've communicated for uh geez, what several years at least. Uh, by the way, of sports radio, it's good to uh, connect with you through the Farzi show and social media in general. And uh, 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 Miss Cheese, is it? Uh, sure. Great to, great to meet you, too. I don't know. Mrs. Cheese, I don't know. Uh, it's very nice to meet you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Do you want the story behind Danny Cheese? I would love the story. I, you think I'm on here to talk about sports? I yeah. want the history of Danny Cheese. I didn't invite you for that shit. This is why I invited you, Mark. Oh, what's that? <laughs> Danny is, she's a sister in Italy, and she does not like cheese. She's an Italian woman, and she does not like cheese. No, 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 no piace formaggio? No? No. <laughs> wow. Maybe you could help me then, because my in-laws just stayed with me for like a couple of days, and they're uh, they're very Metagon, and they say Parmesan cheese. No. And it makes me want to like 
regrow no, hair no. only to rip it out. Like that's like, <laughs> yeah. So, and I, I make sure, and I'm not one of those, like, um, like my dad's Italian. His parents were born in Italy. My mom is mostly Polish. So I'm like Italian Polish. So I try not to be like the, the too much of the, the proud Italian. I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like I try not to be too much, but like Parmesan, like whenever they say it, I always go, Oh, you don't want the Parmigiano Reggiano? Like I always put the extra stank <laughs> on it just to be like, this is how you say it. Um, but uh, maybe that's just me. No Locatelli, no Pecorino Romano. Anyway, uh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that you don't like cheese. It's all right. <laughs> well, are you Northern Italian? Are you, are you Northern Italian? Because you get your blonde. You're a blonde lady. Uh, no, it's a fake blonde. I'm Sicilian. Okay. All right. <laughs> I take back anything. Medespiace. I needed my El Capitan for this. <laughs> you, needed, you needed a conciliary is what I you needed. needed. Yeah. <laughs> Who better than Danny Cheese, a.k.a. Danny C, to be with me? So, Mark. Beautiful. Man, first of all, thank you for doing this with me. And, man, um, I just want to get the uh, the sports stuff out of the way. Then we can get into the more fun stuff. Okay. Uh, as you know, uh, Sixers are up. 2-0 against the – if you would have listened to the national media, the formidable, the abominable Tyrannosaurus Raptors. Well, our Sixers are up 2-0 on them, and mighty handily, by the way. So can you talk about the national narrative of um, how they tried to make the Raptors out to this being – I think even Keith Pompey picked them. To win the Raptors to win in six to now yeah, yeah. Oh, just the Raptors. What do you think about that? Uh, well, I will say this: uh, it just to, to cover the whole gambit here. Scotty Barnes being injured, uh, Gary Trent Jr. having an injury issue as well, being in foul trouble in the previous game. Also, they're they're short manned, but like I think Nick Nurse, although he is worthy of a lot of respect as a good head coach in the NBA, people are talking about like him like he's pop, and it's just, it's just not the case. The Sixers should be heads and shoulders above the the Toronto Raptors. Without question, they should be. But going into this playoff series, I don't know anybody that said that they were going to be blowing out the Toronto Raptors in the first two games, let alone being up 29 points in game two. So for me, I didn't see it as a blowout of a series, but the Sixers have finally hit their potential. This is as good as the Sixers can play. And think about this for a second. One of the best takeaways from game two, was the fact that Joel Embiid didn't score a single point in the second quarter. He only played about, I think, four and a half minutes in the second quarter, the final four and a half minutes. Yeah. And the Sixers still outscored the Raptors 35 to 19. Like, that's great. That just shows me that everybody else on this team is clicking. But because the Raptors, I think, were such a menace to the Sixers throughout the regular season, and we all know that the Sixers were one and three against them in their four-game series, the Sixers, to me, were still the far superior team. And it wasn't going to matter until push came to shove in the playoffs because, as we all know, the NBA regular season doesn't mean anything. It means nothing. But you get to the playoffs, that's when the real game starts. Like, look at the Nets. I know they just dropped game one to the Celtics, but everybody knows the Celtics are, or the, the, the Nets are a much better team than a play-in tournament team. The regular season doesn't matter nearly as much as it used to. So, for me, it was all about what was going to happen in the playoffs. James Harden has looked about, I'd say, 80%. Joel Embiid has looked close to 100%. Tyrese Maxey's been playing at about 125%. This team is just playing great basketball right now, and I give a lot of credit. Probably the guy that got questioned the most going into this series, speaking of coaching like I did with Nick Nurse, the guy that got questioned the most was, was Doc Rivers. And Doc Rivers has done a great job in this series 
of coaching this team up in the previous week leading up to game one where he didn't have fouls called at practice and these guys got extra competitive and they took that into this series and they picked up right from where they left off over practice to not starting Matisse Theibel during the two games in Philadelphia so we can keep a more consistent five, being that Theibel, of course, can't play in Toronto north of the border because of COVID. But for me, I just think that he did a great job. And I think right now we're watching, hopefully, a little bit of a renaissance of Doc Rivers that still, I think, will need to make the conference finals in order to keep his job. But I am just blown away and very pleased with what I've seen from the 76ers so far in this playoff run. I like it. What about you, Danny? <laughs> he pretty much said it all, but there's another narrative that I wanted to address as well. Um, a lot of things you see on Twitter is everyone's taking out the free throws and they're saying if it wasn't for the free throws, the Raptors would be winning, but no one's talking about when it was Hackaben. So why all of a sudden now are the three, th three, oh my goodness, free throw is a problem. Yeah, I do the same thing. I do the same thing all the time. Free throws. I can never say it properly. Uh, you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're exactly right. I, that's a, and that's a great point too. Thinking about what happened last year with, with uh, Ben Simmons, you had to take him out of the game because of the free throws. Like, look, there has been a stat and I've meant to double check this, but people have brought this stat up with Wilt Chamberlain so many times. It's like if Wilt Chamberlain never met a three, made a three, see, if Wilt Chamberlain, <laughs> Sorry. See, if, <laughs> real, <laughs> Frank, it's like, it's like when you were a kid and like the first kid on the team misses a layup, the rest of the team misses the layups for the rest of the game. It's like, that's what happens. It's contagious. But if you take away foul shots from uh, Will Chamberlain, he's still like something ridiculous, like top 10 all time in scoring. Like it's ridiculous. But to say you take away free throws. Oh, okay. So take away that huge part of the game. Like right. in, in golf, they're not like, you know, you take away those eight putts. <laughs> like, no, you don't do that. And you're still just, on the you you sound ridiculous, and I, I, again, all respect to the world for Nick Nurse, but you sound ridiculous when you talk about taking away things from a game. Like I love it all the time when people are like, um, "Oh, if you take away those three threes he hit in the fourth quarter, you, they win that game." You take away that big run that that running back had in the first quarter, and he only had you know 37 yards in a game. Oh, really? Take away the biggest play. Right. Glad that's what we're talking about. Take it away. Yeah, wish you could. But you can't. It's so for me, I just think it's so. I totally agree. It's stupid. It's almost as stupid as someone not liking cheese. But anyway, I digress. <laughs> I like how we fight about. But uh, um, me personally, I, you may. I'm just fan is short for fanatic, and cool. I'm always gonna air on the side of loving my teams. Like some people like it's just it's, it's against the Raptors. You're just two and no. But if it was reversed, we'll we'll be all on Sports Center getting clowned. We'll be on social media getting clowned. Mm -hmm. So two and oh is two and oh for some reason things just does not exist when it comes to Philly teams in the national in the national narrative. It's yeah. like okay it's just the Raptors but if we got beat it would have been like oh the Raptors can take this on they can take this on so you know what i'm just totally done with it i'm so happy about the sixers and to the people who said that um james harden needs to step it up no james get houston james harden out of your mind he had to be a volume shooter he's not going to he's not going to shoot 25 to 30 shots on this team get used to james harden being a 17 a tip guy maybe 20 if he's feeling spicy 
But he doesn't have to do that. You know why? Because he has a seven foot two Cameroonian who to everybody else, their game is ass, and he's going to take care of the he's going to take care of the points. So, he's also super valuable in the locker room, I think. Like look at how much Tyrese Maxey has taken to him and how much just James looking for him on the court and immediately knowing that he's going to be there has improved Maxi alone. You know, he's a very valuable locker room presence. So it's a there's a double double dynamic there. Like he may not be the same player he was, but he's more valuable in another aspect mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, I'll I'll take the guy that uh is only shooting, like you said, 15 to 20 shots a game, getting you between 15 and 20 points as long as his assists are in the double digit double digit range. And I kind of put Tyrese Max, and I think Max got into this after game two a little bit, where he talked about how James Harden is more of the guy that will create a lot of space because people respect, still respect his blow by ability. But he's become a lot more of that thunder in the game where Maxi's become a lot more of the lightning. Like Joel Embiid, don't get me wrong, is the star, the creme to the creme, ain't the question. But in terms of guard play, yes. James Harden and Tyrese Maxey have been a great complement of one another. People were talking about how's that going to work. Well, I think it's worked pretty damn well, especially <laughs> with the emergence of Tyrese Maxey uh, this season entirely, let alone what he's done in these first two playoff games. Just think how crazy it is. We were a pandemic away from not selecting Tyrese Maxey because if there was a tournament that year, he's easily top 10. Yeah. Yeah. He's going in the top 10 and it's like a coin flip, like draft picks and crazy how it worked out. But just think the process is going to end on a 21st pick. Think about that. Not folks, Mm -hmm. not Ben, Mm -hmm. maybe not even Joe. It's going to be because this Kentucky guard, Matter of fact, let's just draft Kentucky guards for the foreseeable future. Yes. Yeah. All right. D- Daryl Morey can only draft Kentucky guards, and Howie Roseman can only draft players from Alabama or Auburn. Those are the rules. Yeah. Those are the rules. <laughs> and that will we that will we call my friend a perfect segue until talking about the Eagles and <laughs> the draft and Howie Roseman. If it was taxes being done. I got 100% faith in Howie Roseman that he's going to get me out of the red. I'm going to get a nice tax refund, and yeah. I'm going to be balling out of control. Yeah. yeah. But if he has to pick the accountant to do my taxes, I'm fearing Alcatraz. He, he's Andy Dufresne <laughs> in uh, Shawshank Redemption. You know, your belt is tax deductible. Anyway. Yes. No, I'm with it. Yeah. So, Mark, let me know. Um what do you think Howie's going to do with these two picks? Oh, I think he's going to trade up. I, I think he's going to trade up. Like, Howie Roseman is is the girl at the dance that's got way too much makeup. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you're okay. You're pretty. Like, you don't have to keep on caking that stuff on. You don't got to get a vat of spackle and put that all over your face. Like, you're doing okay there, honey. You're cute. It's okay. But I feel like he's got to do the sexy thing. Like, he's really got to try to move up and wow people. Like, I don't put it past him at all to draft a quarterback. I don't draft, I don't put it past him at all to try again for a wide receiver. I think anything is fair game for Howie. And as much as I want to move up and see him go after guys in this draft that can help you defensively, uh, I think he is going to uh, go up and get the guy that is going to be a sexy name. I don't think this is going to be an offensive lineman draft by any means, but I think he's going to go up there, and I think Howie's going to wow a lot of us by what he does. And I'm not saying it's going to be a positive wow. I think it's going to be either a, wow, do you believe it? That's incredible. Or, wow, do you believe this crap? I can't believe he did this to us again. Um, <laughs> but 
I don't think he's going to stay where he's at right now. I and think he's going to package and move up. So you are, is he going to pack? So is he making two picks in the first, or you think one of those are going to go away? One of those are going to go away, so we can move oh, up. No, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. No. Well, like, look, what? I, hold on. What I'm <laughs> rooting for is that he makes two selections there, and he goes both defensive in those yeah. two. two uh, if he's able to get Stingley, for instance, I'm a very happy man bringing that corner. The kid's great. I love what he can do. Um, but if he's going to move up, I would. That's where I am thinking he goes quarterback. If you see him package and move up and maybe incorporate something from next year's draft as well, that's where he's going to move up and get a flashy player. Not necessarily the guy like a Stingley or someone that will be filling a need and someone who I think will have a great impact, best available as well, close to that best available. But I think he's going to go up there and get that sexy pick just so he, just so he, just so he can say he did. And the guy's got a three-year contract extension, so why the hell not? <laughs> oh, Danny, please help me out, Danny. Talk me off the ledge. What is happening? I'm sorry. Here? I do agree. I think he's got this chip on his shoulder after he came out and said that we're a quarterback factory and then all of them stunk. And now we have – I like Jalen. I don't think he's the guy, but I also don't think there's anything special in this draft class, but I think he's got a point to prove, so I wouldn't be shocked if he goes QB. Mm -hmm. You the, 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 Here's you what – Hold on, Mark. Oh, sorry. <laughs> he has a soft spot for Jalen Hurts. You know, I want him to be the guy, but he's not the guy. But I want him to. He's so sweet. He's so good. Oh, <laughs> he has so much heart, but he's just not good. <laughs> Them short passes just don't do it. Oh. <laughs> sorry. I like I like that he's working with Tom House in Southern California. Like, here's the thing that I really like about Jalen Hurts. And, yes, he's sweet. I'll even say it. He's adorable. But he's, more important, yeah. but more importantly, the guy's got it between the ears. Like, any athlete that ever comes through Philadelphia, I want them to have Jalen Hurts' mentality. Yes, the, that's what I'm talking about. But the accuracy just isn't there. Like, people talk about his arm strength all the time. The Eagles won a Super Bowl with Nick Foles, who does not have a strong arm. He doesn't have a bad arm in terms of arm strength. But his, his, when he's on fire, he is accurate. When Jalen Hurts has played well, it's because he has been accurate. I don't give a damn if his velocity doesn't go up in one single tick. And in the next 20 years, he plays whatever. I wish him nothing but the best. But the accuracy is what's got to change with him. The short passes obviously got to be a big deal. Downfield, he's got to be more accurate, more accurate with that deep ball. And yeah. he's got to be able to digest what's in front of him and break that down as a quarterback. And that's something that you saw him struggle mightily with. Uh, throughout his first full year as a starting quarterback. We'll see how much that work pays off during the season. I think he'll get that opportunity. But I do think that Howie Roseman's very curious about I think, I think the guy that he really likes uh, is uh, Malik Willis out of Liberty. I think he really likes him. I think he likes his athleticism. I think he likes his arm strength, his accuracy. I think he likes all those intangibles. But the one thing that I will say about not drafting a quarterback is that the Eagles, it would behoove them more from a accountant standpoint there prince that you would just pay bottom dollar for jalen hurts for this one more season and then in those picks you flip to next year in the first round use two of those first round picks to either move up and get a quarterback that you want in supposedly a much healthier and deeper quarterback draft class that would make more sense from a howie roseman standpoint but i just don't see howie passing up on the opportunity to do the big deal on draft day with two first round picks this year. One thing I will always give Howie in the draft, 
he has this great intel, this great ability to know where guys are slotted and where guys are going to fall. The issue is when he's on a clock, if he has five guys that's worth picking, he picks the one guy that people are like, but so-and-so was on the board. Why did you go there? Right, right, so, right. I don't have any issue with the homework and everything else that he's going to do. It just, when it comes to the pick, I just don't want Howie to try to prove everybody that he's the smartest guy in the room and just right. make a pick that just doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense. That's the yeah. thing. I, I, I'm with you. I think most of Philadelphia is with you. It's, but it's like, it's like, it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, we can all say it, but the guy just got a three-year deal. So it's like, <laughs> at, what, at, what, at what point do we just save our breath? Someone just made a great point. We all have Wentz PTSD too. Very true. Very <laughs> yeah. true. Well, you mean Commander? You say his name. It's Commander Wentz. Commander. Uh, you know what? Can I say one thing about this? About that. <laughs> it, it, let me just say this real quick. I swear it doesn't get talked about enough. In a quarterback class that Howie Roseman said he would take pepperoni or sausage, vanilla or chocolate with Jared Goff and Carson Wentz, who, by the way, neither it's worked out. Like, Goff went to a Super Bowl. They played terrible. Wentz helped a team MVP season, kind of, and then the team won the Super Bowl without him. But, like, pepperoni or chocolate, vanilla or whatever, and then said in the future, Howie Roseman, the gypsy, looked into his crystal ball and went, man, there's no quarterbacks coming out in the future, so let's take these guys now. And <laughs> the very next year, Patrick Mahomes. Like, how do you have a job after that sentence? Like, just that alone. Forget about missing off the draft and the whatever. Like, just that sentence. That's, ah! Anyway. That's, that's, that's our life. And, um, you know, the weird thing about it is we're, we're full of, as Philly fans, we're used to, like, what could go wrong does go wrong. Like, I know that's normally attached to Dallas. Mm -hmm. But it happens to us, too, a lot where – you know, the triple doink, the quadruple doink, the all this weird stuff that hey, nobody can we should beat uh what's the what's the player's name that in Minnesota when we played on a Tuesday because of the snowstorm? Joe Webb. We, Joe Webb, the Joe Webb game. Oh yeah, we can beat Joe Webb. Easy money, easy money. We yeah. lose. So <laughs> we're used to this type of heartache and this the segue into heartache. Yeah, right. we once got it. We got into this on your show, which is the Farzy show, which uh starts at 6 a.m. and it goes to 7 a.m. Monday through Friday. Sometimes Friday later, check it out. Sometimes I'd like, yeah, I'll do yeah. another 15 minutes. Yeah, you do, you do the you, sp you speak out the chat, which a lot of shows need to do, but you do, and I love it a lot. But um, we got into this argument about well done steaks. <laughs> Yes, go. Yes, what do you got? Yes, please. Thank you. Just, just allow me to just. I just noticed that when it comes to cooking food, there's a certain section of society that believes that there's no such thing as a good seasoning. Like you want the blood and 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 whatever that cow ate to be the seasoning that's yes. searing the meat. Right. Yeah. Why? Uh, because those people are murderers. <laughs> those are the people that are up way too late on Netflix watching serial killer documentaries. Like that freaks me the hell out. Like, and I don't mind. Like, 
<laughs> I said on my show. I said on my show. You heard me say this. Like, I'll have like a beef carpaccio. Like, I don't. That doesn't scare me because that's how it's supposed to be prepared. That's literally carpaccio. But like for the people that just want the rare steak, I'm like, uh, uh-uh, no, thank you. Like, give me some some well, idea. Give me some idea that I have at least enough money to prepare a hot meal for myself. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not some caveman where fire hasn't been discovered yet, and I have rah, 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 rah. like I don't need that. Uh, so I think that's ridiculous. Like, I was literally just making steak the other day, and I was thinking, like, I can't think. Like, I don't know anyone that would just be like, yeah, rare. Like, why? Why? Like, I like the charcoal paste. And I don't use steak sauce. I don't use anything like that. At most, I'll, like, have some sautéed or caramelized onions and put over top that, John. And I will love every second of it. But the people that are, like, the rare stuff, nah, man. I don't I don't, I don't, don't get that. I, I don't get that. And the people that are, like, oh, um, what do you call it? Burn it to a crisp, like Joel Embiid, apparently? No, thanks. No, you're a burn to a crisp guy? I, please, burn it. Burn the hell out of that meat. Oh, <laughs> Burn it. All right, now hold on. Let me ask this question real quick because a couple people hit me up in the comments on the show, and they said that's very typical of uh, our my Af- African American brethren. Is that true? That is correct. And I, oh. I'm glad you said it. For some reason, white people don't like cooking their damn food. Cook the food. We have. Fire. We have pans. Yeah. We have grills. Yeah. Grill marks are good. They're your friend. Burn your meat. I don't. Yes, I eat tires, Michelin, but I prefer good. Yes, 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 yes. Do you, do you put onions on it or anything? Yes, I do love you... onions. I love gravy. I love a one. I love anything that covers any possible resemblance of pink meat within the steak. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> that is bonkers to me, man. That is bonkers. Yeah. We, you can't be, you can't, you can't, you can't slay a cow and then, and then have it looking at you while you're about to take a bite into his ass. Like, you got to cook it. Make sure it's gone. You don't want to stare a man in his eyes before you shoot him. You want to make sure he's gone. All right, hold on. Here's, here's an Italian question. Well, has he wronged me? <laughs> I, don't know, Danny. I don't know. That's something to ask my my consigliere. Danny, has he wronged you? I have to be honest. I also too ask for almost everything burnt. So I'm with you on this one, Prince. <laughs> Holy pots and pans! I do. I'm like wow. the worst Italian ever. I think. <laughs> no, no, no. My cousin Ronnie won't eat tomatoes, so he's got that. He's got like a championship cool. belt of worst Italian ever. Yeah. <laughs> tomatoes. No gravy. No nothing. No, no red sauce, no gravy, nothing like that. He does not like tomatoes. Everything is butter and uh, and, uh, and garlic. And you know what? The butter thing is like a big thing in the Italian household, like for northern northern Italians and southern Italians. And then the Sicilians are just a whole other bunch of people. But like, it's just, it's a very big thing. Like your heavy red sauces and your heavy meats and all that is very southern Italian, or as my family calls it, peasant food. Like forever, it's always been peasant food. <laughs> Uh, and then the northern Italians, the butterline people, they're all butter all the time and garlic and oil and all that stuff. <laughs> but uh, yeah, not not the good calabrese like my family. Nina, <laughs> well, we got a defector. Wait, oh. I'm African American and I love medium rare. Nina, no, not when I'm trying to make a point. Don't embarrass me in front of company. Medium rare. Look at you, Nina. Way to be. Way to be, Nina. <laughs> 
Shout out to Nina, big Eagles fan. I, I love her posts whenever there's anything Philadelphia. She's right. great with her and her mom. It's so excellent. So I, nice. I love you. Thank you. Mark, I want to ask you something before we go because um, you you used to have a great morning show that I oh, love. Thank uh, you. Well, you still do, but before. You uh, for the other one. You the other one. The radio station. Yes. And I loved it, and I loved everything about it. And then. I woke up and then you were gone, and then yeah, I was pounding the drum. I was giving them hell every single tweet, and then you resurfaced with the very um, the very fantastic Farsi show. And I just want to ask you something: like, how long did you not sit sit and sulk? But how long did you was like, okay, bills got to be paid. I'm not doing that anymore. Let's yeah. go. Uh, I would say it was week three in my OnlyFans account. Uh, and I'm like, I just can't be naked with this many people. Uh, I need to do more than this. I'm a father of two. No, um, no, I don't, I don't believe in sulking. I will say this. One of my, um, one of my the most influential people of my life, uh, it was, it was my grandmother. Uh, she raised 12 kids. She was tough as nails. She's real tough Polish broad. And, um, she like her, like complaining to her or my grandfather for that matter about any hardship immediately went to the depression or world war II. like there was no complaining like there was that like 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 go to my grandfather and be like hey papa i did bad at school today he's like yeah my ship got torpedoed in world war ii and it's like <laughs> you're not complaining and that was only half the time the other half the time he tell you about how he got kamikaze literally in the pacific in world war ii <laughs> Fun fact: He was his one of his best friends on that ship was the original Joker in the Batman series, series Cesar Romero. Um, but anyway, um, there was just no sulking, there was no complaining. And when I was uh, being let go, being granted my free agency, um, right away my idea was, "What's next?" And in all honesty, this is not a joke. I was seriously considering moving to Italy, buying a pizza shop, having the locals run it. I was just going to pay them to do it. Um, and Mark Zumoff uh, gave me a call, and we're friends, and he, we were talking. Uh, Sixers announced, former Sixers announcer, great uh, broadcaster, Mark Zumoff. And he said, "Mark, you, you still, yeah, he said you still have a, a following in Philadelphia. Don't abandon that just yet." And I was like, "All right." And then my agent, who now is my business partner, said, "Just everyone's owning their own content now, so just own your own content." He told me right from the get go, like the next day, I, I I knew I had three sponsors that wanted to pay me to do a show of some sort. So I knew I'd be paid to do whatever the hell I wanted again. So it didn't really, I, I, I didn't have time for that. You know, when you have a young family and you, you want to build that family and you're married only a couple of years, you know, you're all about what's next. So I just wanted what was next. And I can't not be a showman. Like, even if I did buy that pizza shop, I'd still be out like BSing about American sports with the Metagons that would be coming to my pizza shop in Italy. Um, so <laughs> Mark, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. Far as the pizza <laughs> shop, yeah. So um, Zumoff said, you know, don't do it. I was like, fine. And then, like, six months later, Zumoff retires, talks about traveling. He's probably going to move to Italy, that bastard. And I had him <laughs> on my show, and I said, you stole my future. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we were laughing about it. He's the best. I love that guy. But um, I don't believe in BS. I don't believe in sulking. That wasn't a thing in my family. There were no ears that were turned on to, oh, tell me about your hardship. Like, literally, if you yeah. want to complain – like my dad's had a rough life. God bless him. My mom, you know, has worked her ass off her entire life to be one of those 12 kids I mentioned earlier. 
Um, so like me complaining to them about talking about sports to pay my mortgage, like not happening. Like that's yeah. Okay. See ya. Like I've, I've lived my dream. I've been lucky enough to leave, live a couple of them. And, um, I, I live a very blessed life and there's nothing, there's nothing that really has, um, there's no amount of professionalism or, uh, workforce or anything in the professional world that could take that away. So I am absolutely happy to be doing what I'm doing now. I love what I'm doing now. Uh, it is a blast. And I just am so beyond grateful that I still have an audience to do that. And you're obviously a part of that reel. And I appreciate that. So I'm a, I'm a blessed man. I, you know, I got no complaints. You are Mark. And I, I want to ask you personally, like some advice because I've had opportunities to where I could have did some content with some creators and then they did what you call a social media scrub and saw that I got into it with um, some prominent Philly personalities. You may have heard that I'm kind of hard on media a little bit, just a tiny oh, bit. A little okay. bit. <laughs> and um, they said, you know, they was like further review. You know, we noticed you had issues with so-and-so, so-and-so is a friend of blah, blah, blah. We have a relationship with them. And okay. we can't do any business at this time. So my question to you is for somebody who owns, owns his own content, wants to do what he wants to do for a living, but wants to stay genuine, how can I walk that fine line between being a businessman mm. and being myself? Uh, well, I mentioned OnlyFans already, so I won't go back to that. <laughs> uh, no, in all honesty, man, like, here's the thing. Having... I don't want like I, I got so many friends still in in that part of the business and I I'm happy for them and I wish them nothing but success. But John Kincaid, I wish nothing but success to him. I have no ill will to I know I've known that man for a few years. Uh, I we almost worked together at WIP years ago. I have no ill will to towards them. Um, but we're you're in a world now. I'm in a world now where you're the product. There's no boss sitting over your head saying no, do it this way or do it like this or there's no um, office politics where you got to feel guilty about putting in a vacation day, you know, because for whatever reason, we're, we're, we're our own bosses. We are the product. It's just a matter of whether or not how much of the content uh, the public wants to consume. And that's up to you and your work ethic. So everybody else, like you don't have to be dependent on anybody else. You're your own thing. You're your own entity. It's, we don't live a little, live in a world anymore where it's like, oh, man, I really hope I get The Tonight Show. I really hope NBC <laughs> looks at me and says, you're taking over for Johnny Carson. No, go be Johnny Carson. Go be David Letterman. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's when I started The Farsi Show, my idea was I wanted to take the fun I had of doing a 700-level show in Philadelphia that I did before I did PST at NBC. Um, and I wanted to take the fun of radio and just make them make a baby. And that became The Farsi Show. Uh, I just have fun. I, I talk about the things that I think if I sat at a bar stool or if I sat on a step in Philly somewhere or on a stoop in Philly somewhere and somebody walked by, it would be the first thing that we talked about. That's what I try to open the show with. Uh, and then I try to have guests on that will talk about whatever's going on in, in the, the climate. Then I try to check in with our chat check. Like you're your own entity. You're your own product. You make it what it is to hell with everybody else. Like with all due respect to hell with everybody else. You be you, you do you. And you keep advancing and selling your own product. And then OnlyFans will be there if you really need it. 
Yeah, I don't think anybody wants to see me grill steaks into oblivion on OnlyFans. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, no. I, I, There's probably a niche for that somewhere. <laughs> there probably is. Probably is. Big black man handling the meats. Yeah, that's what we want to see on OnlyFans. I'll stop right there. I'm not going to go any further. Uh, but, uh, but, but anyway, oh yeah. Yeah. But oh my God, Mark. Oh, and eat eat plenty of cheese. Whatever eat. you do. Non-stop cheese. Please don't get me. I'm I'm still upset with Danny about that. I just can't believe she would go against the family and, and not eat cheese. I'm sorry. Who's put who's, why would you go against the family? Like for me, who keeps putting those things? I just saw graph. I just saw graph. My freaky cousin runs my only fit. Now that would be freaky. <laughs> yeah, if that's you said, if you said to somebody, What do you do? and they said, Oh, I run an OnlyFans account, oh, they'd be like, cousin. For who? Oh, my cousin. <laughs> I'm the producer of a very popular OnlyFans account. Can you put that on a resume? Like, like, how does that work? <laughs> uh, probably. I don't know. Like, that's another thing. Somebody called me the other day, some like young, young man and college kid, and he's like, You know, what do I put on my cover letter? <laughs> and I was like, "What is that? What is a cover letter?" It's and the first sheet of your resume. Is that what it is? Yeah. yeah. My, it's literally my, the smallest summary of what you're about to show them. It's, it's, <laughs> That's what it is. it's an introduction to nothing. Yeah. <laughs> my, my cover letter would say, "Don't look under this. This is as good as it gets." <laughs> Throw it away. And it'd just be a picture of me like this. Oh. Man. <laughs> anyway. But Mark, man, thank you so, so much for this. I really appreciate this. And please, um, for all the viewers, because uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be millions and millions of them, please tell everybody where they can find you and what you have cooking, please. Oof. Well, ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow, Paul Hudrick, uh, my old buddy, Liberty Ballers at LibertyBallers.com, is going to be joining me to talk all things Sixers. That'll be on the Farzee Show tomorrow. Uh, you can uh, subscribe. You can uh, watch on YouTube. You can watch on Twitter, uh, at Mark Farzetta, at the Farzee Show as well. Our link tree is in my bio on Twitter. We're easy to find. Digital media sports show uh, and uh, OnlyFans account in the making. <laughs> Farzy, before you go, I want yes. you to be a part of something that's I think I think it's gonna be historic for the real time Prince Blue show going forward. For those who don't know, it's not a coincidence that I have Danny C, aka Danny Cheese next to me because going <laughs> forward, shows after this one, she will now officially be my partner, my main and crowd forward. She will be my Robin, my um, who else? Who else we got? My Sonny, my um, what was the SpongeBob one? Barnacle Boy, yeah, you'll be my Barnacle Lady. We gotta be inclusive. My Barnacle Lady, she will be, my, she will be my co host going forward, and she is fantastic. Lovely, the chemistry is just um, palpable, palpable, palpable. That's a good word by you. I am not even you? sure. I'm not is even sure what simple, it means. Is that a Temple word or a Villanova word? That is a uh, junior year Mr. Blaney, Archbishop Wood High School, Warminster, Pennsylvania word. <laughs> Detailed. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, going forward, Danny C will be officially my new co-host and we're going to rip it up. We're going to tear it up and we're going to just bring you, we're going to continue to bring you 
great content. And just like Mark said, we're going to be ourselves. We're going to be us. And that's what we look forward to bringing you each and every week. So for everybody who, who's been listening, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Um, don't forget that if you missed this episode, you can continue to keep seeing it. And the audio will be available soon. Shout out to the Drippy Network for giving us this lovely platform. Shout out to Mark. And please check out his show. I'm up every day at 6 a.m. when I go work out, when I go walk, and I listen to the show, and I chat away. So um, his show is fantastic. It's phenomenal. It's like bar talk on steroids with light latte. With a light, light latte with a little bit of foam and a heart in the middle. I don't have my, I don't actually, I actually don't have my espresso cup on my desk. It's always on my desk. Frank! <laughs> there we go. There it is. That's cool. and, and by the way, you are building an espresso table, correct? I already built it. It's done. It's done? Yeah, bro. I'll, I'll DM it to you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's done. I, <sighs> no, not to brag, uh, but um, I love doing, uh, I love working with my hands. Because, like, you do a show like this, or even when I was in radio, TV, whatever, like, you do something and then it goes away. It's like it doesn't exist anymore. So, like, I like something tangible. I like working with my hands. I love woodworking and all that stuff. And I pulled these uh, 100-year-old two-by-threes out of my uh, wall in my house uh, when I was doing some demo work. And I was like, this, this wood is so beautiful. I got to repurpose it. So I built it into a coffee bar in my house. And um, it's pretty awesome. It's uh, pretty awesome. And I'm, I got, if I do say so myself, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, you guys can watch me build it topless on my OnlyFans account. So, um, <laughs> tune in tomorrow when Mark's going to show you his wood. And with that, <laughs> we are out of here. I appreciate everybody. See ya. Be good, everybody. Be safe. Go Sixers. Sixers in four. <laughs>